0: This is Jordan, and you're listening to the Code 7 Podcast Network.
1: Warning. This episode contains the three A's of podcasting. Adult content, adult language, and awesomeness. You've been warned.
0: Welcome to Within the
1: of a podcast network and this is going to be episode 130 of Within the Trenches. Um it's been a pretty uh hectic week. I've put out about four or five episodes on a row. It has been awesome. I'm tired, but uh it's been good. I've got a, <laughs> I have a lot of listeners. I have two guests with me and and one of them is laughing in my face right now, which is good. I like it. That means that this episode is going to be fun. <laughs> but uh a lot of things going on. Um one of the main things I want to uh, mention right away is from uh, episode 128. If you have not listened to it, that was the second installment of Imagine Listening, which is uh, an extension of the podcast featuring the stories from the I Am 901 movement. Um, those episodes are a little harder to listen to. Um, those are some very powerful and gut-wrenching stories uh, that dispatchers from all over the world have been sharing. And uh, on those episodes, I read those stories um, out. But they're, one of the things I posted yesterday... Um, and I'm gonna post it on Twitter today. Uh, today is uh, Thursday, the nineteenth of January, two thousand seventeen. Um, I am looking for I am nine hundred one stories, more I am nine hundred one stories, but I'm looking for the rare ones, the ones that have a good outcome. So you can send those in uh, via Facebook or Twitter. Twitter, uh, you can do a direct message, Facebook uh, message as well, or you can email uh, the podcast on just wttpodcast at gmail So that was one of the main things. And uh, the continuing education scholarship is out there. Deadline is February 15th. So if you want a chance to get in on that and go to the uh, navigator conference that the IAD is putting on in New Orleans, Louisiana, make sure to get that going uh, because there's there's a lot of people that are applying right now. So don't miss out on that opportunity. So now for my guests. (laughs)
2: uh, 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 yeah that's right
1: (laughs) (laughs) my I have two guests with me and and this is something I've been talking to them about for a little while now and I finally got the chance to do it um, we're getting the chance to do it I don't know where they have had no prepping time really (laughs) this is something we talked about last night and uh, and this one will be kind of a a faster paced one Um, we are still working so you know we have meetings and such that we have to get to. So we're going to get this done. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to be sharing some uh, 901 uh, dispatch stories uh, as well as LEO stories. And uh, I've got six tapes to play. So my first guest is April. And she is one of my co workers. She works with the digital now. Uh, she is our industry affairs specialist and is also the former director of uh, Eaton County 911 out of Michigan. How's it going?
3: I'm good. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing all right. Now, how many years do you have altogether? Oh,
3: Lord. In- <laughs> I'm the old lady of 911. Whatever. I, <laughs> uh, I have about 26 years of 911 um, experience. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. See, I have like 16. So you have. 10 uh, ahead of me I'm, but I'm,
3: that's because I'm 10 years older than oh, you okay but. well
1: <laughs> so, oh that's funny and then the uh second guest I have on is uh Larry who's also with a digital co-worker of mine uh he is the director of sales and marketing and is also a former reserve officer out of Hudsonville PD Michigan how's it going man awesome thanks
4: yeah thanks for having me yeah I'm finally get you on here. here yeah that's right
1: <laughs> so Let's, let's jump into it. Cause okay. like I said, we've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. I almost said that backwards, like Willy Wonka, but I had to, <laughs> I had to change that in my brain. <laughs> so April, and we've had this conversation many times and you may have even shed a tear.
3: Yes. Yes, I have. And I'm, pr- I'm trying to tell myself I will not do that today.
1: So. Well, I want to know, how did you get into public safety to, to begin with?
3: Um, well, it's kind of funny. My aunt, was a supervisor at the nine one one center that I became a director at. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so she had been doing it for quite a long time, and when I got right when I got out of school, um, this I she ended up getting me a job at our local sheriff's office through back then they had the youth corps, so mm-hmm. it was a summer program that the state paid for that you would work for a local ed- entity to get um, job experience well, I really enjoyed myself working for a sheriff's office and, um, I was working in the records division and, um, I could see myself staying there, but it was, it didn't make much money, you know? Um, and at the same time I was going to, to college and I was, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I kind of thought I wanted to do law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, but my boyfriend, fiance um, decided that that was not a good line of work for me. He really didn't want me to be a law enforcement officer. So,
2: um, (laughs) one of
3: my classes though, I had to do a sit along at the dispatch center. So I did a sit along and, um, and I really liked it. So I eventually applied and, um, it was kind of weird because like I said, my aunt was a supervisor there, but, um, I, one of the, uh, the deputy director had actually hired me in at the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. And so he knew who I was and knew what kind of work I did. And, um, long story short, I ended up becoming a dispatcher there. And, um,
1: what and was it that of, interested you? I mean, you it, said you really it liked fast-paced. it. So uh, I it was fast paced. It okay. was something, so I mean, kind I, of I was an a, adrenaline junkie yeah, a little bit, a little
3: bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was um it was interesting because i when i worked for the sheriff's office i typed reports so mm-hmm. i was i was on the opposite side but i was listening to their voices all of the time and i right. was typing their reports and um so it was really kind of an easy transition to move into the 911 center when i i did that so it kind of
1: So what was it like for you when you first started? Because we are we're in a time right now where the technology for 911 is like booming and it's getting crazy, but it's getting good. I mean, the the stuff that we're doing and other industry partners, um, you know, it's going to help not only dispatch, but of course, all the people in public, uh, in the public. Um, So what was it like? Back oh then, yeah! Starting, See, back
3: in the day, for back me. in the day, <laughs> the golden
1: um, age. <laughs>
3: well, I happened to start literally about six months after we cut over nine one one. So yes, I'm that old. So, um, so
1: you still had that that like ten digit? It was just a ten digit number to call into. Yep,
3: and and actually, I I started right after nine one one started. So, but it was just wireline back then, no wireless right. or all the other stuff that we do now. Um, so. And we had just started with CAD, and CAD was an evil word with a lot of the people that I was work I were I were working with at the time. I am not even speaking right this morning; <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee. Well, um, and
1: for for some of the listeners that because there's a lot of new listeners that are are now starting to learn more about dispatch. What exactly is CAD?
3: computer aided dispatch. So mm. everything that you take in, you put into the, the workstation and then you send it on out to the, to law enforcement. So,
1: because before it was just, it pencil was and paper, pencil And, paper. Yeah. and
3: <laughs> believe it, I do realize that there are, there are still places that are still doing just that, The you know, the cards, they do the dispatch cards. I, I just learned of one PSAP in Michigan that is still doing, you know, handwritten dispatching.
1: Man, old um, school.
3: I know it is pretty, it, you don't <laughs> think that way anymore, but there are a lot of places out there that right. don't have all of the technology and we, and it is so fast paced right now. There's a lot of it. Um, but I, so I started way back then. Um, we had, I hadn't, I didn't, um, come into the days where before we had the, you know, NCIC and stuff like that, but it was very busy then. Um very different, you know most a lot of the the bigger pceps nowadays have um m c. t s or mobile computer terminals the officers mm-hmm. do all their own. Um, you know, running of files and all that stuff. But some do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but back then, you would on a Friday, Saturday night, your that specific channel was hopping and you would have 10, 12 officers waiting for files. You know, they were running, right. you know, they'd do their traffic stops on their files and all that stuff. So it was, it, that was one of the busiest positions in the PSAP back then in the day. Oh, um, man. yeah. So, and now you just don't have that. And I can, my, I wonder if any of my former staff are going to be listening because I did have a, I, hope I, so. I had a few folks <laughs> who would really complain about having to run files. Oh my gosh, they're making me run files. They can run them in their cars. Right. And you're going, really? You have to run them a few times a night as opposed to literally backed up for days.
1: You know, right. that's yeah. the
3: way it used to be, but
1: Yeah, because when I was in dispatch, um, when I had just... Well, actually, when I was in training, we had this huge, like, teletype-type printer.
3: (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah, the dot matrix. Yes, the dot matrix. And it made a lot of noise. Yeah,
1: so (laughs) this thing sucked badly, and it it was summertime, and they had a traffic grant that was going on for drunk drivers. So there would be about four or five people waiting to run stuff through me, however, for whatever reason... You couldn't do another entry and run it until the other one printed out. Oh, that's how messed yeah. up it was. And then of course they're running somebody with the last name of Smith.
2: Oh yeah.
3: Uh,
1: and yeah. now it's so, it,
3: but see that's a difference between back then and now. They get so many more responses. There's so many more computer system responses that they get now. Right. That Smith file. That used to be a half a mile long for us is now a mile and a half long for them, <laughs> and so I mean the technology really has made their job a lot more complicated. Things like that, they're really having to comb through those files mm. and ensure that the right things that they're not missing anything. So
1: how many monitors did you have when you first started oh, when out? When I too, first started seriously, I mean, we, I had like we had like six one, monitors.
3: What, well, when
1: I was in dispatch,
3: back when I started, we had one monitor. Yes, <laughs> because we had the cat, and that was. Was all we had, and then we had the old style. Um, oh, I can't even think that the old style uh, radios were. But those were the best because you could do multiple things. Where you could be toning on one frequency and answering on another. You could right. you could really multitask then. Now with the di- in the digital age, you can't do that with the radio. Yeah, system. It's,
1: it's a lot different. Unless you try to patch something, but then the patch might not work, and it's yeah. all stupid. And fire but.
3: dudes get really mad when you don't answer answer them right away. Well,
1: yeah, of course they get pissed, and then, then they call back for their times and numbers, and they're like, "Hey, why like didn't them? you didn't answer have this me? time?" I'm like, "Come on, guy. Yeah, <laughs> not everybody has to answer on the phone <laughs> oh, or right. on the on the radio. Just the exactly. just the main people going." Now, uh, Larry, you've how many years were you a uh, reserve? Uh, about three and a half. So how did you get involved with that? Was did, Were you always interested in public safety or did you have anybody in, in your family that was in it? or I, how did I, you-
4: I always had an interest for public safety. Uh, I had an uncle that was a reserve officer when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And um, so uh, I, I don't know. I was always kind of drawn to public safety. When I graduated high school, actually after my freshman year in college, I um, entertained the thought of public uh, going into the military mm-hmm. um, and I was looking to be an MP that was what I wanted to do so um, it had always been something that had interested me and I got into public safety um, I got a job working for a company selling 911 call logging equipment mm-hmm. and uh, after about six months there I was at a Chiefs of police conference and and uh, just started talking to some other vendors there and one of these vendors were standing in front of this table where they sold, um, like, you know, badge holders and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's like, Oh dude, that one looks just like mine. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) And he pulls out his wallet and shows me his badge. I'm like, what dude, what, what is that? Yeah. And, um, so then he tells me about, you know, reserve officer. I had heard of reserve officers before, but I really, I really kind of thought it was, you know, like a security guard, they get a flashlight and a radio. (laughs) And I really (laughs) didn't want to do that. Yeah, And he's like, no, it's a fully uniformed officer. I'm like, really? So that show got over. I drove straight back home to the police department and asked if they had a reserve unit. And they said they did. And I talked to the chief and filled out the paperwork and... And I was, that was in. that, that was that. yeah. yeah. That's all she wrote. And uh, so I, you know, I went through all the training. Okay. And, I was just uh, going to yeah, ask yeah. you,
1: I was going to say,
2: wait they a minute.
4: Just throw yeah. That was the it. World. They gave me a gun and then they sent me off. You know? <laughs> okay. Let
3: me tell you back in the day, they'd throw you in the dispatch center. They, most dispatch centers, I was fortunate that didn't happen to me, but, they would throw you to the wolves. You, there's your phone. There's this, there's that. There you go. See you later.
4: Yeah. You, you can't <laughs> kill somebody with a phone generally. They, I,
1: well, 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 that's true. We maybe, you quit, maybe you could, maybe you I was going to say I've got six nine one tapes, but no, I don't have one of those tapes <laughs> that has anything like that, but
4: <laughs> yeah. So it was great. I, uh, I loved it. I would um, usually do a couple of shifts um, a week at mm-hmm. night and then they um, had, you know, special duty stuff or, security for ball games and that kind of stuff. But it was just the, um, it was a small department in Mm Hudsonville and they had, um, two cars at night, one main duty officer. And so I would just be their partner for the night. Nice. Whatever calls we got, you know, I was his partner. And, um, so for just a little over three years, I did that until, uh, until our fourth child was born. And, you know, my wife was pretty busy. I'm, I'm working full-time job and Doing trainings. Right. And then like yeah, ah, doing doing shifts gotta, and gotta go back up. <laughs> got a fourth little child. Like, eh. It's yeah. Probably uh you gotta
1: make that I gotta that make choice that choice. There. Yeah. I gotta yeah.
4: I gotta help out more at home. So
1: So for those three years, what are some of the things that you went out on that you remember?
4: Well, you know, I said it's a small town, so um we had all the same crime that that other big cities had, just not mm-hmm. as much of it. We didn't have murder. But outside of that, we pretty much yeah. had everything else. <laughs> a lot of domestic calls, which are always dangerous. Right. Um, you know, you get thrown into a pretty hostile situation that um, can turn quickly. And uh, we had a, had a few of those calls. Um, had, a, had two 16-year-old boys that were playing with a shotgun and went off, shot his best friend oh, know, right man. in the chest. That was,
1: uh, that was one of the worst ones. See, that's that's a hard thing. Uh, There's I've spoken to a lot of people and I I think that it's it's hard to do it over the phone because we can't see what's going on. And our imagination is a lot worse. But man, you know, hearing something like that and and speaking to other officers um, when I was in dispatch, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're right there and you're seeing it all. I, I mean, I guess they both have their their ways of being really bad.
3: Well, you were just talking about technology. The seeing is going to come to the dispatch center. That, that's it's true. Not too far off.
1: Right. Yeah. The, I mean, the
3: nice thing is they won't smell it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's true. Yes. I remember I think
3: smell comes along with that and that's not, I, I think that makes it worse.
1: Yeah. I remember taking a call once where the an elderly gentleman had been at home. Um, he was ill, but nobody had seen him for a week or so. And they did a welfare check, and he was he had passed away. But what I was told afterwards uh e m s ended up saying, "You know it's going to be a bad call when you get there, and one of the officers is outside vomiting like crazy yeah. and I said, "Oh man, yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to know that and and another call that I had taken from uh, a mail carrier who she hadn't seen the gentleman for a while either, and uh, his mailbox was completely full. It'd been like two weeks now, and uh, we sent people out there to do welfare check, and also because she said the uh, the door was open and the dogs were outside, and uh, they got there and the dogs actually had dry blood on them. The yeah. gentleman had passed away, and the dogs started eating him. I was like, "Holy crap! Man's best friend." Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I would not want to see, but you're right with the technology, yeah. that stuff's mm-hmm. going to be coming out pretty soon. Yeah,
2: a lot, a
3: lot more there. There's definitely a lot of stuff we've got to prepare folks for in the in the NG world.
1: Yeah, that and, you know, the, the public, you know, public wise, getting public education out there to let them know you know this, this stuff's coming up. So what about you, April? How about uh, some calls um, that really stuck with you? What what are um, ones that you remember?
3: Well, I think one of them that you and I talked about was the very the the one call that decided. (laughs) And Larry's bringing my tissues over next to me. Thank you, Larry.
1: (laughs) Just Um, trying to help. Yes, (laughs) he's
3: he's got my back over here. Um, Although Ricardo's throwing me under the bus. Um, That's okay. It's a
1: small bus, though.
3: Yeah. All right. Um, (laughs) My very first call, I can remember. You know, back and back, way back when. um, My biggest fear when I first started in the Dispatch Center was. Mm. Suicide. How was right. I gonna handle that suicide person that suicidal caller? And um of course I have to say back when I first started, yes, I had a trainer, but no, we didn't have any training to right. go Right, yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
3: so yeah, my first ten years we really didn't do a lot of dispatcher training. Mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, that was my big fear. And I remember my trainer saying to me at the time, don't worry, I'm going to be right here with you. You won't be alone. And I went, okay, all right, I, I can do this then. Right. And I, it was interesting because, um, as you, I had a male trainer, Mm -hmm. very strong, heavy male voice, and you can hear my voice. I don't have, I sound like a (laughs) child even now, you know? And, um, so very different call taking types, right? I, he could be strong and forceful. I had to find different ways to get that same information. Mm -hmm. If I emulated him, it turned bad. And I did. You know, when you're a trainee, trainee you're going to emulate your trainer and right. all of that. And, and I had to figure out a way to deal with that. Um, well, my, this was my make or break moment when mm-hmm. I was um, in training. Uh, the, day, this, the day that I took my first suicidal caller was a day where um, we were short-staffed. Um, my trainer was the supervisor, and he was working a position. And he had me sitting at a call-taking-only position, and um, he had said to me, he said, I will, you go ahead and answer the phone. I'll just pop on and and help you out. And we weren't very far apart, probably, you know, four or five feet apart, if that. Um, but uh, at the moment, well, the first call I got was from this this kid was, um, it was an abandoned call. So of course mm-hmm. you call it back and, and you get this sleepy sounding, um, teenager and he's like, oh yeah, it must've been my little brother pay, playing on the phone. Everything's fine. And I'm really sorry. He, we verified all the information and, um, we went ahead and let him go. Well, about five minutes later, he calls back. And just as I'm answering the call, the supervisor who was my trainer is answering the radio. And it just happened. It was simultaneous, so he couldn't pop on with me right away. Right. And um. And it wasn't hard. Ho- it wasn't horrible. I mean, I didn't really have to say much. But the kid says, "I just thought I'd tell you what's really going on here. I'm going to kill myself." Mm-hmm. And I got out three, maybe a, a few words. No, no, no. You don't want to do that. That's always going to stick in your head. Right. And um. He goes. He didn't even give me a chance. Right. So he hung up and we, um, I, I'm not happy with you for this. Um, so I hung up and we sent law enforcement and when they got on scene, he shot himself. Oh my God. And it was that time where I went. Um, oh my gosh, what did I do? Why, why did I choose this? I was safe. I didn't have to deal with all of this when I was typing the officer's reports why did I make this choice? Do I want to do this? I can go back. They'll give me my old job back. And, um, and I remember the supervisor pulling me off the the floor, which honestly didn't happen very frequently, you know, back, in right. back in the day, a lot more, more, um, more so now than then. But I remember him pulling me off the floor and saying, how do you feel? And I said, well, I, I feel I it sucks. And he right. goes, I said, it was my worst fear. And he goes, well, what do you think you could have done differently? And I go, of course, every one of us looks at things and we go, um, uh, you know, you've got a thousand different things. Well, I should have said this or I should have said that. And he said, no, I want you to listen to this call. Tell me when you would have had time to say any of that. And I, I didn't, and he wouldn't answer the callbacks. Um, so it, you know, he said, I want you to go get lunch. And he sent me out to go pick up lunch Mm -hmm. and it was good because it got me out of the center and it got me thinking and it was like, no, I really couldn't have done anything differently. Um, I still don't like taking that call. I still don't want to take that call, but I still really like doing what I'm doing. Right. So it kind of, it, it stuck with me. But that's, that's that make or break moment. And I think each and every one of us has that make or break moment when you go, oh my gosh, what did I do? Why did I choose this? Um, I've got this kid's life in my hand and I didn't say the right thing or I didn't do the right thing. Um, There's been, and unfortunately along the way, there was a, a hundred other calls that you go, oh my gosh, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that or, um, and, but if you really analyze it most of the time, you really couldn't have done anything differently. Right.
1: Exactly. And that is exactly so. why I wanted you to tell this story, no matter how, you know, hard and emotional it was. And, and I thank you very much for that because the people listening need to hear this type of story. Yeah, because Even
3: and, when you're a director, you still get, <laughs> you still have that, uh, feeling that, you know, oh my gosh, feeling, right, you still of course. do. You're I never going to forget them.
1: Because we're human. Yep. And and other dispatchers that are taking calls like this, I've received messages saying, you know, listening to these stories that other dispatchers are telling, it, it helps me because I was dealing with something and I thought I was the only one, you know, or even, you know, the public listening. They never knew that this is the type of stuff that, that I mean, they assume that these are the types of calls, but not that the people who are taking the call are feeling anything. You know a lot of people think you're just there answering the phone and 911 with your emergency whatever and then and it's just going along no feelings but yeah. you live it with them so
3: Well and there's a little piece of advice that I probably would give people who mm-hmm. are interested in doing this job um, I don't know if you get many of those listeners but um I would highly recommend if you're going to do this job you don't do it in the same place that you live and you grew right. up because you're going to take those calls from the people that you know and you love. And those are the hardest calls you're ever going to take, even the small ones, because, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, and I guess it depends on who you are. If you're a real control freak and you need to be in, in charge of everything, <laughs> no, um, <right. laughs> sometimes it doesn't bother you so much because you can you you feel like you're in control and you can you can, you're doing something. But it doesn't matter no matter what the minute it's somebody you love or, you know, even somebody you care about a little bit. Um, you still get that jittery, shaky feeling and you're like, "You." it's best if they don't know who you are.
1: Right, exactly. I, and I know exactly what you mean because the last dispatch center that I worked in was Allegan County and that's where I grew up. Yeah. So everybody on the west side, I knew everyone. And I had taken calls, you know, fire calls from people that I knew and, uh, you know, domestic situations, uh, when my grandmother passed away, I took that call and I mean, there were so many different things. And then I'm on the line thinking, okay, either I tell them who I am and they calm down and everything will be cool and I can get uh, information. Yeah. Or like you said, the refreak, freak, um, they will freak out even more or they'll just clam up and they won't say anything because now they're kind of embarrassed because someone that they know knows their business so yeah there were a couple times when i did say who i was and then others that i I just let it go yeah but yeah it's it's definitely crazy um so we're gonna segue now into some 911 tapes i got six tapes to play and uh the first one is a cpr call and it's from july of 2009 uh happened in south carolina And the reason I want to play this is because, well, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of the stories that have been shared in the I am 911 movement have been medical type calls. So, you know, for the for the public who has not uh, experienced this type of thing, I want them to hear this. And this one does have a good outcome.
0: Johnson County Emergency Services, operator 601. What is the address of the
5: emergency? I need an ambulance quick. What's the address? We were just sitting talking, my wife yelled, Bob, and then she fell on the floor. Okay, what's... Oh, <laughs> quick, I don't think she's breathing.
0: Okay. i got your information. What's the problem? Tell me exactly what happened.
5: I don't know. We were sitting, well, I tell she said, Bob, and then she fell on the floor. I don't know what happened. Okay. She's... Are
0: you with her right now? Yes, I am. How, how old is she?
5: She's 64. Oh, hurry.
0: Okay. Uh, is she conscious? No. Is she breathing? I don't know. Can you check?
5: Yes, she is breathing. Okay. But she's limp.
0: Okay. I understand. We're sending someone to help you now. I just need to get a little more information, okay? Is she breathing normally?
5: I don't know. I can't tell that. I mean, she's warm and I can feel breath coming out of her mouth.
0: Okay. Does she have a history of heart problems? No. Is she still unconscious? Pardon? Is she still unconscious? Yes. Okay. I'm sending paramedics to help you now. Stay on the line. I'll tell you exactly what to do next, okay? Yeah. Okay. Are you right by her now?
5: Yeah, no, well, not right now. Okay, I need, I need you to
0: get right by her. Okay. All right. All right, now listen carefully. I need you to lay her flat on her back and remove any pillows, okay?
1: Okay. okay. I'm gonna get this table up. This place. person is EMD certified. Oh, we can yeah, I can tell from see. the way she's oh, yeah, saying sorry. this.
0: Okay, they're on their way. <clears throat> You're doing fine.
5: She Me? hit her nose and she's bleeding. She hit her nose on the corner of the couch. I mean, on the corner of the table.
0: Okay. Kneel next to her and look in her mouth for food or vomit.
5: No, there's no food.
0: Okay, nothing in her mouth. I want you to no. place place your hand on her forehead, your other hand under her neck, and tilt her head back.
5: Well, she's laying flat now.
0: Okay, I still need you to do this for me, okay? Okay. One hand on her forehead, the other hand under her neck, Yeah. and tilt her head back. Yeah. Put your ear next to her mouth and tell me if you can feel or hear any breathing. Okay, hang on. Okay.
5: No, I can't.
0: Okay.
5: Oh, wait a minute. There she's breathing.
0: All right. Can you put the phone down there so I can hear?
5: Yeah. Oh, you can't hear Chris. Chris, darling. She just sort of took a breath there.
0: Okay. Listen carefully. I'm going to tell you how to do chest compressions, okay?
5: Yeah. Make sure
0: she's flat on her back on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Place the heel of your hand on the breastbone in the center of her chest right between the nipples, okay? Yep. Put your other hand on top of that hand. Yeah. You're gonna push down firmly two inches with only the heel of your lower hand touching the chest. Okay. Now listen carefully. I yeah. need you to pump the chest hard and fast, at least twice per second. Yes,
5: there she, she breathing.
0: Just keep doing it. She breathing. She's not breathing normally, right?
5: No. no okay. No. Keep doing this.
0: I need you to pump the chest hard and fast, at least twice per second. You need to do this 400 times. That's only three and a half minutes. It's not as long as it sounds. Okay, the fire department is in route to you now, and the ambulance.
5: I got to unlock the front door.
0: Okay, I need you to keep doing this.
1: Again, this was okay. 2009. I so believe that it's changed all the way now up from Tell to me as soon as you're
0: done. I'm going to stay on the line with you, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: And you need to do this fast. One, two, three, there. four, five. Okay, can you count out loud for me? Yeah.
5: Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen,
1: fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, fifteen, eighteen. Sixteen, the poor guy. Four, yeah. Stuff. Oh,
5: come yeah. on. You're
0: Where's doing good.
5: There she is. She just took a breath in. Okay,
0: she's still not breathing normally. No, no. Okay, keep going. I'm going.
1: And for those listening, that's why she's asking come if the person on. is breathing normally, because in that oh, protocol.
0: They're on their way. she's not Our breathing normally, we you still okay, have to
1: continue just, helping.
5: Just took another breath in.
0: Okay, she's not still not breathing normally. She's not breathing no, as, as there, often as she should.
5: Yeah, there's another breath in.
0: Okay, keep doing chest compressions.
5: Okay. Oh, there she took a big, deep breath. Come on, baby, wake up.
0: Wake up. You're doing good. Yeah. Hang in yeah. there for her, okay? Huh? You need to hang in there for oh, her. There. You're doing good. Yeah.
5: She's take a deep breath that night.
0: Okay, okay, Can't keep going.
5: Oh, come on. Oh, there's a big one. Yes, come on. Come on. There's a big one. Sounds like there's something, you know, like there's phlegm in her throat. We were just sitting having our tea.
1: I'm gonna be honest. I didn't oh, listen to the last okay, part of this. Come on, baby.
5: <laughs> come on. Keep them coming. Where's that ambulance?
0: They they should be there very shortly. I believe they're actually. Is that who it is?
5: I can't hear the sirens. Oh, I think good.
0: they're outside.
5: Brief, if you hear
0: them knocking, go unlock the door. Yeah. But don't stop until you hear them. Yeah. You're oh, doing
5: that's good. A good one. That's a good breath, baby. Come on. Come on. Keep it coming. Come on, sweetheart. I can't hear them knocking with the phone in. i got one bad ear. Oh, that's a good breath, baby. Come on.
0: Okay, how far away is the door?
5: Oh, thirty feet. There they
0: are. Okay, I'll let you go and go answer the door. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir.
1: on Way to stay calm. That was.
4: That yeah, was good. That
1: yeah, was. It was a good one. Now his uh, they performed CPR for uh, these almost six minutes until EMS got there, and his wife did survive. And again, this was July two thousand nine, but this is those are the types of calls, man. And and sometimes those come in. Like if you're working a morning shift, that's like one of the first ones you end up yeah. getting, you know, elderly male or female or whichever wakes up and finds their spouse and they're not breathing or something is going on. And those are, uh, those are the, those are the sucky ones. Um, the next tape we have here is a, it's completely different from the CPR one that we just listened to right now. And I know I've played this tape before in the past, but uh, I I want to play this for new listeners and for my guests, and just in case they haven't heard this one. This was also July two thousand nine. However, this was in Boca Raton, uh, Florida, and it's remember it's Boca Raton because I remember when I was there, I said it's not Raton, right? And they said, don't ever say that.
3: <laughs> Good to know. that. Yeah, I was
1: like, oh right, I, I won't I won't say We're that. From
3: Michigan, Raton would be right. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. There you go. Um, I will say this really quick before I. I play this just in case when people are listening and they don't hear Larry, he might have to, he's going to have to jet here in about 10 minutes. So as we're going through this, if you don't see or hear him or anything, it's not because he fell asleep. It's because like I said, we're, we're still working. I'm on the floor and they're ignoring me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Nobody's going to get the AED to, uh, to start his heart again. (laughs) So here's this call from Boca Raton. And again, I'm not setting this up because it's, you just have to hear it.
6: Nine one one. What's the address of your emergency? Yeah, I just been bitten by a um, I think a red tail fox up in Red Reef Park. You just were bitten by a fox. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he's rabid. He came out of the woods cr- crazy. Red Reef I just Park. killed him though. I have him here. You killed him. Yeah. Okay.
3: Oh, he didn't smash his head.
4: Right? Wow.
6: I chased the sucker down. He bit me and my wife both.
4: It's like David from the Bible.
6: <laughs> my wife just went running down the road looking for somebody. They may get another call.
3: Okay, my first question is where did he bite you?
2: Oh, <laughs>
6: right. <laughs> I
4: must really fought with him. I views. say he's all out of breath. Yeah.
6: Just be on the phone with me, okay?
4: Okay. Yeah. He's a quick sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Not as quick as you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can hear those phones ringing in the back. How are you
6: feeling? I'm all right. He just—he just bit, up bit up? me in the—bit me in the calf. He bit my wife in the knee.
1: Oh wow. There you go. Fox was pissed. Okay.
6: Did it just come up to you and bite you, sir? He was, he was crowing and then he ran out of the bushes and he bit my wife. And then I grabbed a piece of stick and I chased him and he, he bit me and then I killed him after that. He was, he was crazy.
3: That's crazy. That's all I, I can say. That's a, crazy a stuff.
6: Thing. Right. Yeah. No. We just had a raccoon attack somebody down the street too. So there's something going on with the animals today. Oh, that's that's they creepy. Just same. saying, they creepy. It was a Glad I wasn't in boca
3: raton <laughs> okay. yeah. in Sir, July right of
6: 2009.
3: Park, okay. Don't move. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
6: oh, we're yeah. uh, I'm, we're not at Red Reef. I'm sorry. Um, no. No. Yeah. We are at Red Reef. We're in the north end. During
1: the great red so, fox rise. Red Reef Park,
6: Red Reef Park, north end. Yeah. Yes.
1: The north yeah. end. I, I put an app out feet on but we're all in the red wildlife reef. in that park. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. At the north
4: end.
6: And this just occurred like a minute ago. Like five minutes ago, so, it uh, hit my it hit my, my watch. Yeah, I think it, it was the okay. same. Okay. We all We right. had a uh, confusion. We'll be right there, sir. The, the there, firefighter hey. is right down the street.
3: Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> the guy never even asked where exactly he was at. <laughs>
1: Oh, he said Red Reef. So yeah,
3: it's a park for heaven's sake. Yeah, whatever that
1: area is. Well, and it's they had another call uh, going on it as well. It sounded like so. Maybe that's why he didn't say it. Oh but goodness. with a raccoon that maybe that's wasn't dead. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it was Still just on the loose. <laughs> yeah. What the heck's
3: going on with those animals in that park?
1: Oh man, yeah. So that that dude got bit. Uh, you know, the the weird thing that is that. Um, well, there was a call that was taken when I was in Allegan and, uh, one of my partners took the call and the people called and said that their, their dog had like bit one of their kids or something like that. And they thought that, um, or, or no, it, it didn't, it didn't bite anyone. No, it wasn't that the, the dog they thought was rabid and they shot and killed it. And, uh, um, they called the hospital, the local hospital and the nurse that they spoke to told them to cut its head off and like bring it to them or something like that. And so she called uh 911 and she goes, is this for real? Is, is this real life? <laughs> like, are we supposed to do this? So we called and they were saying, well, yeah, you're supposed to cut the head off cause they have to send it for yeah, like testing or something. Tested.
3: That's why I said, I hope he didn't smash the head in. Cause if you don't, you go through the rabies vaccinations. Uh, oh yeah.
1: Those see, aren't fun. That's, <laughs> that's freaking, wait a minute. What do you mean? They're not fun. How do you know? Well,
2: I don't know personally,
3: <laughs> but I've heard. How's that?
1: Uh, there you go. That works. Yeah. Uh, so the next call is uh, November two thousand nine. This is going to be a, a four year old who actually calls into uh, Charles County, I believe, it was Maryland, and uh, she's calling because her her mother is ill.
7: Charles County nine one one. Hello. Hello. My name is Samantha. Your name is Samantha? Mm-hmm. Sweet and i four. And you're four? Mm-hmm. Is your mommy or daddy home? Um, mommy's sick. Your mommy's sick? Does she need an ambulance? Mommy, do you need an ambulance? Mommy said to help her sugar. To help her sugar? Mm-hmm. Do you know your address? I forgot. Oh. Is, it, mm-hmm. is your mommy awake? Not She's not talking. Mm-mm. Okay. Is your mommy breathing? Well, a little bit. A little bit. Uh-huh. Mommy has diabetes. She has oh, diabetes. Mhm. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm gonna stay on the phone with you. Okay. Someone else is sending the ambulance. Okay. OK. All right. So you just keep letting me know what your mommy's doing. If Mommy said she wants a sweet soda. She wants a sweet soda? Yeah, I'm going to go get her. Well, she can't have anything by mouth, OK? You can't give her anything until the ambulance gets there. OK. You might want to be careful
2: because I left a big toy. Um. You left uh-huh. the toys in the living
7: room? uh uh-huh. OK. I opened it. The door's open? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you just stay on the phone with me, okay? The ambulance is on its way, sweetie, okay? You're doing really good. Do you see the ambulance outside, Samantha? Yes. You do? I need to get dressed because the only thing I have is my T-shirt. Well, that's okay, sweetie. Samantha? yes go to the front door so that you can let the ambulance crew in and then show them where your mommy is and then you can get your your clothes on okay Okay. yes is that the ambulance crew uh huh. Okay, you need to show them where your mommy is. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi, salute. You got her. Yep. Okay. Let me talk to Samantha again, please. Okay.
5: They want to talk to you
7: again. Hello. Hi, Samantha. You did a really good job for your mommy. Okay. Okay. All right. Now you can you can hang up the phone and go get your your clothes on now. Okay. All right. Good job, sweetie. Okay. Bye. Bye. Aw, That Nicely
2: was great. Thought.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a really good one. I hope that. Uh, that one was, you know, sent in for an award or something. That was really good. Yeah. Um, and and those are the types of calls that that come in that have, um, you know, kids and stuff. You you have to figure out how to talk to children.
2: Yes, you do to get Very that different. that
1: information out of them and stuff. Because well, this dispatcher did an, an excellent job, yeah. and it sounds like, I mean, just from the way uh, the child was talking, you know, her mother and father taught her you know, the right way, what to say, what to do.
3: You do, you notice that a lot with, with parents who have, uh, health ailments, like especially with diabetes, a lot of the parents, they, they really drill it into their kids. And a lot of times they drill in their address too. Mm -hmm. You, um, if you do any of the public education events, uh, fire open houses, things like that, a lot of parents that have that will come up to you and start to talk to you. Right. Um, and, and then that you can help them, along the way in, in teaching their kids in the right place, you know, what they need to know and all of that. So.
1: Did you do any in-house training when you were the director over at Eaton County with your dispatchers on children at all, or.
3: Um, well, no, not necessarily in-house training. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously classes that we send our, our staff to. Right. Um, but there's also classes on um, not just children, but on, on the elderly as well, because how you talk to both of them is going to be different and how you talk to, you know, the, the folks in between those ages. Right. So. It's
1: craziness. It
3: is. It <laughs> so is. So many
1: things that go on into it. Yeah. Um,
3: it, it's sad because um, I, I know that there are a lot of, a lot of 911 centers out there that are, that just don't get the training. Um, but even if you even if your 911 center or your PSAP doesn't send you to training, there are a lot of resources out there for you to go seek out that training. Um, the NENA website, the national NENA website, Nina.org or APCO international website. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them have a lot of, um, standards and trainings, um, on their website. That you can seek out and and learn about those things. Perfect. So yeah, don't See, and hesitate that's, to do that stuff.
1: That's always good to to have that uh, that education, that extra stuff there. And my notifications are popping up on my computer. So anybody who might have heard that, <laughs> I, I always forget to turn off my or put my do not disturb on on my laptop because then. Luckily, nobody sent in any uh, text messages uh, or anything, or else they would hear the ding Uh going off on my computer. Uh, So we've got three tapes left. This next one, um, I kind of tweeted about it already. Um, This actually happened in Canada, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I will say that it was July of 2007 that uh, this happened, but (laughs) excuse me. I'm just going to play it so that I can see the reaction on your face, because this is awesome.
8: Hi. Um, we've found an elephant walking down the street near the, the community center, the Ray 20. An
3: elephant? <laughs> yes. In Canada? In Canada. <laughs> wow.
1: See, okay, so I have two pretty good friends out of Canada. Uh, one, her name is Bobby, and the other guy um, is um, Lloyd. So I've had episodes with the both of them, and uh, Bobby, she was telling me, you know, you guys have a lot of calls in the States with, you know, dogs in the yard. She goes, I've taken calls with bears in the backyard oh, yeah. and stuff. So yeah. they, they both had stories like that, but then I hear this one. I'm like, wait a minute, but there's a reason. You know, this- we
3: do live in Michigan though, or I still live in Michigan. You yeah. used to upper, the upper parts of michigan have all kinds of stuff there would not be maybe surprising
1: a, a, a yeti some maybe that. something yeah, like there
2: that
1: there you go <laughs> so again this is in canada and uh we've got an elephant an they're calling it on the loose yes
8: sorry we found an elephant walking down the street like the ones from like the circus that's at the ray 20 center <laughs> one of them got loose and it's walking down the street what road is it walking down What's this street? Um, What's this Alex street? Donner. Alex Stoner, I think. Alex Stoner near the end of, near the exit of Ray 20.
2: It's
8: on Alex Stoner. Yeah.
2: Don't let it cross
9: the street.
8: How big are we talking here? <laughs> like full grown elephant.
2: Monster <laughs> size. <laughs> it's like the ones that
8: like yeah. they have it like the circus that like the people ride on and stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and is there anybody <laughs> around it at all? Yeah, well, yeah. The yeah, yeah, I told not know, here. Yeah. But, like, is anybody there? Like, I guess, any sort of, um, like, no, staff or anything no, there? No, 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 it's he's just, there's just an elephant. He's following you Like, one of my friends is, like, it's following him, and it's he's leading it back back there. And in uh,
3: these 911 one are going, down like, what the Donner? heck do I do yeah. with this? What's
8: your right, are going <laughs> yeah. In the, uh, Who do I uh, call? Cutting, <laughs> exactly. It's Heading back towards the right there's another one out, too. They're all, I think, all three How of the are elephants. We see two. We, go we don't know if there's a third. Sure okay.
10: Oh, no. we check this one? There's it's a whole herd. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go by it.
8: There's, yeah, there's a lot. of There's like two, <laughs> two, ele- two or three <laughs> elephants out here. <gasps> They're huge. They're huge. We'll uh, see what we can do here. Okay. No, Let's we'll see Good what we can you. do is code no, for I have
3: no idea what we're going to do. And if there's any exactly. cars clear in Newmarket, we have a report of an elephant currently walking down Eagle
9: Street from
7: Route
3: 20 Complex.
9: 11.35, I have to clear for that. 46,
2: call. Now traffic. 11.35,
9: calling. 11.35. Uh, we've located the elephant on um, Crossland Gate. <laughs> Apparently somebody has led one of the elephants back to the tent. There's one standing here at the intersection, and there's one still outstanding, last seen traveling north down on Crossland Gate. Ten four one elephant outstanding northbound crossland gate. Ten four.
5: Eleven eighty six. So I actually just located
9: that elephant. Uh, it's in the middle of a field just uh, off Alex Donor. Eleven thirty five, just to advise. I'm gonna head over to the uh, complex and I believe Al that's the one that the friend is leading back to the complex. Okay. Air two. Air two. Is uh, everything that's missing out there for? Sorry, R2, you were asking if there's anything outstanding you could assist with? Any uh, other animals missing? <laughs> Just the one outstanding elephant right now. 46 call. Car 1146. 1135 calling for an update. 1135. Just to advise, there are no outstanding elephants. They only have three and one of them is um, back in the pen. K104, okay, one's back in the tent, one is with you and the other one is with 86. I'm 86, that's a negative, I'm actually with 746 now. K104, okay, so we've got two accounts for that I uh, can count here. We've got the trainers <laughs> coming out to round them up. Okay, 104. 1206, Paul. Car 1206, go ahead. That uh, Standing Elephants on Crossland Gate and. Uh, uh, it's just
5: eating somebody's treat. <laughs>
9: I'm just pulling up on scene with a trainer.
5: Ten
3: four. That's too funny. You know, it, it I think the public expects us to always know what to do when we when they call, right? Right. How many times have you received one of those calls and you go, Oh crap, what do I do with this? Who do I send to that? I mean, it's not like animal control is going to come and control these elephants. They right. can't load yeah. them on their trucks and take exactly. them somewhere, right? Yeah. So it's it's funny. <laughs> I think everybody just automatically assumes 911 will know what to do. But so many of us have sat there and go, crap, what do I do with this? It's just
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that whoever put this tape together, they, had, they also had the radio traffic, which... Added that is so perfect. much more to yes, it. <laughs>
3: absolutely.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, there's. Uh, I can't think of any. I, I, I took a lot of animal calls and such. Um, a lot of them for you know raccoons that were acting crazy, kind of like the ones in Boca Raton. Yeah. And uh, you know, people were upset that I I couldn't send animal control out there because they they don't mess with that. They don't, that's not a domestic type exactly. animal. And, uh, they would get pissed and I would say, well, I have to go into my phone book to look for a wildlife wrangler for you Exactly, and, uh, you know, to come out of Kalamazoo up into Allegan and, uh, they would be upset or, um, you know, deer would get hit by cars and they would land in their yard and say, yeah, we just wanted to know if you could send somebody over here to move, remove the deer. I'm like, uh, wait, nope. we don't do that what well, doesn't the DNR do it? And like, nobody does it. However you can, yeah, you <laughs> can like, what, it if, if, you what if it's got some sort of disease or something? Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This is right. not like, it's not like TV. Right. There's no animal police that they don't just come out and remove them. Right. Um, so yeah, there things like that, 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 that always came in. Now there were also calls like this next one that I'm going to play that, uh, this was May, 2010 out of new, uh, North port, uh, Florida. And, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to set it up because this is this one. This one is kind of a weird one because I'll say this much: it's supposed to be something about a chicken restaurant, but it sounds like she's talking about pizza too. So I, I'm just going to play it because it. When I heard it earlier this morning, it was like five in the morning, and I
3: hadn't was, had enough coffee yet.
1: <laughs> right. So here we go.
0: Saturday, May first, two thousand ten. The time nine. Thirty-one p.m. Northport emergency. Hello, Northport emergency. It's
10: not an emergency, ma'am. I, I don't. I know you guys have more problems with this ridiculous thing that I'm calling you about. I just ordered food, which is totally ridiculous. You could get in McDonald's for two dollars what I ordered, a kids' deal, and I purchased. Uh, This is, I'm sorry, I'm filing a complaint.
2: It is Jet.
10: please be quiet, Jet's Pizza in Northport. We just want our money back. They're located at... Are you at Jet's now? No, I'm at home. Okay, what's your home address? Whoa. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, and what's wrong wrong with it? it?
10: What's wrong with it? Yes. Oh, we see, uh, the officer comes and sees it.
0: Did you, try, did
10: you try to contact us already? Yes, I did. And they called me. Excuse, excuse my language. They called me and hung up on me. That was beeped out just I'm in that, case uh, everybody. Out <laughs> <their> <laughs> nose right. nose. Yeah. And then I tipped the guy $15. What was no she way. thinking?
1: All right, of course.
3: $15, that's a pretty big that tip. That is. I guess.
10: Maybe yeah, they, they, I'm not sure if for answers him about. calling me uh, at That could be. And your last
0: name? And your first name? And the phone number that you called from?
10: Uh, which is my cell. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I'll send the officer to come and speak with you. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Okay, so it does make uh, sense yeah. now that I heard it again.
3: What's interesting, though, is, you know, it, it's funny because it depends on where you're at in across the country, you might not get that kind of a response. You might say, you know what, this is a civil issue and you're gonna to have to deal with this exactly via jets, you know. So it very different outcomes in very different locations. You might send law enforcement or you might not, especially since she was at home. If she was right. at jets causing a problem, then you'd obviously send an officer. But in a lot of areas you're not even going to send an officer on that.
1: Right. Yeah. It's just a civil thing. And yeah. uh so The reason it threw me off is because the description says that a woman dialed 911 to uh, complain about her chicken restaurant order. But, Uh, yeah, maybe there was two different calls and they just got the the, the one mixed up because this was obviously uh, a pizza place and uh, whoever delivered it jacked up the pizza. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a huge tip. Fifteen bucks. What what was she thinking? Yeah. (laughs) Now,
3: the pizza probably didn't even cost 15 bucks. Just right.
1: Saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, like you said, if she had a huge order, then then maybe that's what it was. Um, their claim is the the eight cornered pizza. Uh-huh. And my every time I mention it, my wife uh, gets pissed. <laughs> and, well, she doesn't really get mad, but she's like, it's not eight corners. It's like it's just two pizzas put together. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So. The last call that I'm going to play here and then go into the wrap up of this episode. This call is a little bit longer. Um, it's about eight minutes, uh, which really doesn't seem like a long time. However, when you hear what's going on and if you're the one taking the call, especially the one experiencing it, of course, um, it seems like a lifetime. It seems like forever. Uh, so this happened out in Washington and this was uh, November 2010. And uh, we're just going to jump right into this one because this is a call or a type of call that I know April has probably taken in, in her, um, her history being in dispatch and such. And I know I have as well uh, taken a, a type of call like this. So here we go. Also, when I heard this the first time I started flashbacking, I was like, holy crap.
3: Oh, nice setup there, big guy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 911. Thank you. How may
11: I help you? Somebody broke into my house. They're in the house now. What's your address? Do you have a ha- color house? Can you see the street? Gray. Gray? Is there a car out front, a suspicious car? Yes. What county car? Gray. Just a sedan. Gray what? Sedan. Gray sedan. Can you see a plate? I don't want you getting close. No, I'm hiding in the closet. They're in the house now. And it's parked right out in front in your driveway? I wait my she's already sending canine I'm just typing this in are you in the house coming up can you lock yourself in a room where are you in the house okay if you can't talk to me that's fine are you in a bedroom okay are you under a bed you're in the closet? Staying on the phone with you, okay? Are they in the room where you are? I they're They're not in this room. They're not in this room. Okay, we have officers in the area already. And you're in the upstairs bedroom. Are there any weapons in the house? I don't think so. Okay, when you go I, I understand. We have one officer there. I just want you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Is your name Carol? Yes. Okay, Carolyn, I'm gonna stay on the phone with you. Is he here? Yeah an office, but he's not out of his car. I don't want you coming out of the closet, okay? I want you to stay in the closet. We'll find you. Okay, because someone is in the house. I, I understand. Did you hear the windows break, or how did you know? I don't know. I hear them running around the house. Okay. You can still hear them as we're talking, right? Yes. Yeah. Are they upstairs? I don't think so. I'm sorry, what? They were. I don't think they are Yours is a gray house, right? At least two stories. Okay, great two-story. With car in the driveway. With the, ve- with the vehicle in the driveway. Where's your vehicle? God. Okay. Did you hear the noises upstairs? No. Okay. You're still in the closet, right? Yes. Did you see anybody by chance, or you just heard them and went upstairs right away? I saw a
10: guy in my brother's
11: house. Okay, I'm sorry. You saw a guy? Yes. Was he white? No. Black? Uh, a Hispanic? Hispanic She saw a Hispanic male. I am having a hard time hearing this. There was a girl in the car. I hear noises. And a female in the car. here. Yeah, there's officers there. I just want to talk to my partner. Hold on. She saw a male in the house, a Hispanic male. She believes a female was still in the car. You hear running? Yes. Can you tell where part of the house he's exiting? He's upstairs? Still here with you, Carolyn, okay? You're in an upstairs bedroom. If the officer goes up the stairs, which room are you in? First one on the left. She's in the first bedroom on the left as you go up the stairs. And he's not in that room, right? He was. I don't think he is now. Okay. I'm staying right here with you. We have one at gunpoint, okay, Carolyn? I want you to stay right where you are. Okay? Okay. okay. Are you running? You hear running? Where do you hear it in the house? Okay, I hear hear the policeman yelling. Okay, but I still want you to stay. I'm staying with you, okay? Okay. Oh, God. I'm right here. I'm right here. We have several officers there and a canine officer. I'm staying right with you, okay? I'm not going to hang up. Not until the officer tells me to have you go downstairs. Okay. Okay. And just so you know, your husband has called us, too, and he's on his way. Okay. Okay. Here's a dog. (laughs) Yep. We have a dog there.
1: I'm, now,
11: I'm I was <sighs> But that's okay. You did so good, Carolyn. You did so good giving me information. Thank you for everything. Oh, I. I that's what we're here for. Okay, we have one arrested. You said there's two though, for sure. There's one. There was a girl in the car, and there yes. was a guy. Yes. Okay. Did you only see one? One male in the house? I. Yes. I only saw one. There may have been two. There may have been two subjects in the house. There may have been. Okay, we have two people in custody, okay? You stay right where you are. They know that you're, I'm just going to, yep. She is, she is, she is. He just told me to tell you that we're coming in to stay where you are, but we've already covered that. Okay. Okay. First bedroom on the left as you go up the stairs, correct? Is that right, Caroline? yeah. Okay. First bedroom on the left, yes. Okay. You said right, I wanted to make sure. Okay. Okay, Okay, we're coming in through the rear slider in the back. Okay. Okay. And they're going to come to you. You don't have any guns, right? You You don't have any weapons. Okay. And I bet you were just shaking, and you did such a good job, and (laughs) and we did such a good job.
2: Thank
11: you. Thanks for everything. What's your middle initial, Caroline? Jay. Jade? And right here with you. We have no really close neighbors. Them of nowhere, it seems like. oh, I'm just glad that you were home. Oh, God. I'm glad you're safe. My main concern is I'm glad you're safe. No. Things can be replaced. People can't. God, when he got in the house, I was so afraid. Were you downstairs when he got in? No, I was in my office. Okay, is that where the first bedroom is, or to the left, of your office? No, no. The office is stopped. But... Okay. Yeah, that's what, yeah, she's aware. They just wanted me to make sure that I told you that they put the dog in, but you're aware of that. And the door, bedroom doors are the... Wait, wait. He's yelling at something. He's not yelling at you. You stay right where you are. He's yelling at Wait, right. He's not yelling at you, though. I would... They'd be telling me. Your, your closet door is shut, though, right? Yes. Okay, because that dog does bite. <laughs> they'll, they'll they'll come to you.
3: Yes, they
11: will. You can, you, can, you can do what? He's got the dog. He's got the dog, right. to I'm sorry? I think he's checking the house. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing, because that's why they wanted to make sure that they understood exactly where you were. So if the dog alerts on that bedroom door and that closet, they know that it's really you that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you did. I can't tell you how well you did. I had a little hard time hearing you, but I did not want you to give your position away to whoever was in the house. Yeah, I didn't want to talk when I knew they were closed. No, I agree. I agree. Thank you. you. You were amazing. I appreciate everything. Oh, this before what we're here for. I'm just glad I know that area a little bit, and I knew that you were up that driveway.
5: Oh, I know. Thank God. was hard
11: to find. I think there's been other issues up there within the last year, hasn't there? Abandoned vehicles, maybe, or something. I just knew that you had to go up that driveway. And it was on the, it was a gravel driveway, and it was long. A few years ago, there was some drug use up there that was causing problems. That's-
2: Right there. That's why it's
3: important to know your area. (laughs) Right,
1: exactly.
11: Where was he working? He's at work? Yeah, he was in Tacoma. Okay, well, they're aware of what he drives. There. He's talked to us a a few times, and and we told him, don't drive crazy, that we're there, and that I had you on the phone. But, you know what, that's that's what husbands do. They worry. The dog's on the door. Okay, I'll let you. Is he talking to you through the door? Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll let you go okay
3: thank you, thank you. bye-bye thank you so much bye yeah it's crazy you know that that was normal back you know in 2010 now mm-hmm. um those agencies who have text they're doing this via text now right so it's, it's a little different than it, it used to be but
1: um, yeah it's still the same those are those are those are the good ones. That when I listened to this first, and even when we were listening to it right now, I I held my breath a little bit, uh-huh. even though I knew the outcome. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, it takes me back to a few of the calls that I took that were like that. And I, those listening, I'm not saying that I held my breath during that time. Yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> it's an intense call, and you can hear her typing really fast. So for those listening, in all of the earlier episodes that I've ever mentioned. When you hear one of your coworkers typing fast, you know, it's no. a high priority complaint. Oh yeah. So there you go. There's the proof right there. Just She's, like
3: when you key in on, um, is there, he, you said there's a knife <laughs> you key, or something like that. You key right in on right. certain words. You're like, boom, you're on it.
1: Exactly. You um, repeat what's going on so yeah. that other people who are there with you, they know what exactly. is going on and they can get prepared as well. Yeah. So
3: what's funny is I love, I'm listening to this and this is, this is the difference between you and I,
1: uh-huh.
3: um, I've had one of these calls that were re- a couple actually of these kind of calls that were real, but I've had more of them that were somebody having a mental health issue.
10: Oh, okay. A
3: couple of different times, and that comes that that has a tendency to come out relatively quickly. You can mm-hmm. figure that out relatively quickly, right? But that it, no matter what, you've always got to treat it as if it's the actual thing going on.
1: Exactly. Right. You and-
3: can't treat anything differently
1: i think i only had two during the during my whole time dispatching i only had two real big ones that uh i thought was something really crazy going on and it turned out that they were uh had a mental issue a mental health yeah. issue um there was a, an elderly woman who was telling me that people were breaking into her home yep and uh, you know well you got everybody heading out there and uh then she ends up saying after a while that uh, And my adrenaline is going, you know, my heart's pumping and stuff, and I'm typing hard and fast, trying to get things going, and, uh, or all the information in there as fast as possible, rather. And she ends up telling me that the two people who are breaking into her house are chainsawing from underneath, yeah, th- right through the living room. And I said, wait, what? And uh, then as that part of the narrative is going in, one of the sergeants keys up and says, who is that person who's living there again? And we give the name and he goes, that person is, uh, has some mental health yeah, issues or exactly. 1096. 1096
3: yeah. <laughs> um, well, one of the ones that I had like that was, um, it was in the middle of the night. So, you mm-hmm. know, and it was a prowler. It wasn't, they weren't actually breaking in, but she was afraid they were going to break in. Um, and so, you know, you go through the, go through everything and then you say, okay, can you see them now? Yes, mm-hmm. I can see them. They're staring right at me. Like, okay, well you need to get away from the window. And then as you have her describe them, they may not be fully real, let's right. say. Um <laughs>
1: they're, they're purple. Well, no, spots. she was
3: they were more like ghosts. I mean that's oh, how really? she was yeah, how she was describing them. Wow. And then they, and then they were sitting on top of her children's play equipment in the back's backyard. And then you're like, Okay, yep, all right, I get it, but but we're still going to send officers out there just to to make sure everything's okay. But it, <laughs> yeah. it, some of them were really, I mean, sometimes um, you just don't know until you get so far into it. But like I said, you have to treat everything like it's real. You just never know.
1: Exactly. Because it's that one moment or the one time that you say, oh, this is bullshit. And then something bad happens and you end up at the news.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Uh,
1: yeah, definitely you have to treat every call. Like it's something real. Uh, I had a guy call once who he, he sounded fine at first. Um, and this was right at shift change. I came in for my, uh, 430, uh, PM to 430 AM shift. And, uh, it's shoot for all I know, it might've been the start of the full moon time when all the crazies come out, but he calls in and he says that, uh, his neighbor had just got home and found his wife and her lover and he had a shotgun and was he saw them he saw his neighbor the husband take his wife and her lover into a shed and he thought he heard a gunshot
3: holy moly
1: so I put this in and I tell him to stay safe or wherever he's at but to if he can safely to keep an eye on that shed to see you know what's going on if he comes out or whichever And we've got everybody hauling ass over there. And again, this was that shift change. So everybody who was on their way home went there as well. They called out SWAT. Um, I mean, it was huge. It was a huge thing going on. And it was a a longer call as well. And uh, he ends up saying, I heard another shot. And then he says, the guy just walked out. And uh, I I think I see some blood. And I said, do you see the other two? Do you see them at all? And he goes, no, I don't see them. I think they're still in there. And he says that the neighbor goes back into his house. So the guy ends up walking outside as police are setting up and I hear them in the background yelling at him and they're saying, Central, tell him to go back inside. I said, sir, you never said you were outside or anything. And uh, he goes, well, I I see them. And then I hear one of the officers come up and say, get over here. And they pull him back to where they were at. Well, they end up telling me to look for the phone number for the neighbor to see if I can call him to see if he'll come out with his Mm -hmm. hands up and stuff. And, that uh, you know, they have his house surrounded now. So I call him up. I find the phone number and I call him. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a crazy thing because, you know, it's a high priority complaint. This is the craziest, one of the craziest things that's going on. And you have to right away think of what to say. Right. Uh, this is Ricardo with Elegant Central, you know, dispatch, Elegant County Central Dispatch. And he's, okay, what, what's that? It's 911. This is Ricardo with 911. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? And he's completely calm and everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I ask him if he can go outside that there's some officers there that need to talk to him, but I need him to go out there with his hands up. And so when he walks out, you know, to put his hands up with the phone and uh, he goes, I don't understand. When he opens the door and looks out, he's like, oh my God. And he starts freaking out and no, they like, they rush him and he goes, what's going on? What's going on? And you hear him, you know, bud and yeah. everything else. And. It it turned out that this guy was not married. If I remember correctly, he's not married. He had just gotten home from work and my caller was tripping on acid.
3: Nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: So he was hallucinating the whole time. Right. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was crazy because after that little while, we were no longer under a code seven or emergency traffic. Uh, they ended up clearing it. Everything went back to the regular channel and we're like, what the hell's going on? And then they called up and and told us. Well, they said it on the radio too. The like callers under the influence of uh, of drugs, and we're like, oh god.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, like I said though, you never know. You're just gonna have to. Yeah, you ride just got to call out. Exactly, you got to work so. through it
1: the whole time. But going into the wrap up of this episode, thank you, April, very much You're for welcome. finally you know coming on the uh, on the podcast, even yeah. though you said in the beginning that you hated me for the story (laughs) (laughs) but uh and larry as well as i'm throwing my hand out out to him yeah he says thank you
2: he had to drop the headset
1: exactly (laughs) he had to walk out for his uh for his conference call but hopefully we'll be able to do another one uh, sometime soon and, and get some more stories and listen to some more tapes so for those who are listening um if you have any comments questions or you want to be a guest on the show you can email us and that's going to be wttpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter that is at 9 podcast you can also like us on facebook that is facebook.com within the trenches podcast and again for uh the- those that are listening, those who have shared your I am nine one one stories, again, I'm looking for. I'm looking for all I am stories. I'm looking for the harsh ones, of course, the ones that have been really pushing this movement. But I'm also looking for those rare good outcome ones. You can share those uh, with me on Facebook. Uh, just send a message to the podcast page. You can send me a direct message on Twitter. Remember, it's at nine one one podcast, or you can send those. Uh, stories to wttpodcast at gmail.com. If they are longer stories, I will turn them into notes and also put them on the blog. Um, And otherwise, if it's a shorter story, I will turn them into a meme. Unless you submit them as a meme, that works as well. And also um, audio stories. Episode 128, I had two different dispatchers on there who shared their I Am 911 story. And they did it uh, through audio. So it was their voice that was uh, giving this I Am 911 story. So if you have those as well, send them over. I'm working on uh, getting a phone number and voicemail set up so that you can just call them in. And I can pull them from there and play those on the Imagine Listening episode. So a lot of things going on. And again, the scholarship is out there. Uh, Make sure to go out there. Take advantage of that opportunity. It's a big one. And... This episode, along with all the others, are sponsored by Indigital, a leader in next-gen core services, and you can hear this episode, along with all the other episodes, 24-7 on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and jeverlog.com Have a good one, everybody.
3: You just listened to a Code 7 network podcast. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on the show, send an email to wttpodcast at gmail.com.